You're listening to a sermon from Pasco Vale Church of Christ. To hear more of our teaching or to find out about the church, please visit our website, pvcc.org.au. Morning, Pasco Vale. What a beautiful, sunny Sunday. How wet was it the last week? <laughs> I was in the rain, so I know how wet it was. It's just absolutely bucketing. And on a Sunday, we've got such beautiful, sunny weather, isn't it? We're already in October the 20, 30th today. Two more months and it's Christmas. Yeah, wow. I hope everyone's looking forward to that. I think I'm just more looking forward to a break, really, uh, from this hectic year that we just had. When we talk about Christmas, obviously, we think about gifts. And uh, as part of that, also, we want to know what sort of gifts we get um, as followers of Christ. And one of the wonderful gifts that we do receive is spiritual gifts, and that's what we're going to discover today. Um, I hope every one of us got that little uh, book. Have you got that little book? Sorry. That little book there. Have you everyone got one of them? Make sure you grab one of them, because there'll be some parts that you need to answer the question. You've got a bit of homework to do. You've got to bring this home and go answer them Honestly? Honestly? <laughs> And genuinely, okay? And try to find out what that spiritual gift is that you might have, okay? Funny story. When I was a young uh, youth, um, whenever we talked about spiritual gifts, they would give us a survey like that. As a young um, cheeky boy, I always like to look right to the back because I know that I had to fill in some sort of score sheet and see what sort of gifts I wanted. And I just try to ask <laughs> questions uh, to, 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 to get the, um, the sort of spiritual gifts that I was aiming for. But that's not the way it should be done. So let's be honest. And when we look, work through the, the questionnaire later on, just answer with your honest heart and let the Spirit lead you to help you find what that spiritual gift might be. Now, when we talk about spiritual gifts, we're going to obviously have to look at a couple of things. We're going to try to to uh, answer three questions. Basically, what is the biblical foundation uh, for spiritual gifts? What does the Bible say about spiritual gifts? And then we're going to answer the question, are spiritual gifts the same as talents? That's a very common, common question that uh, a lot of people ask. You know, uh, is the talents the same as spiritual gifts? Is, is, is it the same thing? And, and we hope to try to answer that question for you. And more importantly, do I have a spiritual gift? Do I have one? And if not, what do I do about it? You know, don't, don't stress if you don't have one because we can always pray for it, for it because it's a gift that comes from the Spirit. Now, let's start with the first part. What does the Bible say about spiritual gifts? Let's all turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. It's great to have the Bible in front of us because we're going to work through that uh, so that we can see what the Scripture says. We're going to be reading... From verse 4. Now, there are varieties of gifts, but to the same, but the same spirit. And there are varieties of service, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities, but it's the same God who empowers them. All in everyone. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. For to one is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom, and to another the utterance of knowledge according to the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by the one Spirit, to another the working of miracles, 
to another prophecy, to another abilities to distinguish between spirits, to another various kinds of tongues, to another interpretation of tongues. All these are empowered by one and the same spirit who apportions to each one individually as he wills. So as you can see, the scripture is very clear. Spirits, the, the spiritual gifts is not something that we naturally possess. It's a gift that's given by the Spirit. It's a manifestation of the Holy Spirit within us that is blessing us with that, with that spiritual gift. There is only one Spirit that gives different gifts. And all of us, we will talk about the various different gifts later on in the message. Now, spiritual gifts are also given for different kinds of services. We can see that, you know, some are given tongues, some are given teaching, prophecies, and so on and so forth. Those gifts are given to us for the benefit of what? The common good. What's the common good? The common good is for the church, to help the church grow, to help the church do its duty um, in, in the society that we live in. So God works differently in each of us, as you can see, but is the one God that works in us and through us in verse 6. Now, are there gifts potentially that, that we should be desiring to possess? And we will look at that in 1 Corinthians chapter 13 later on. But we want to look at this, explore this a little bit now. What is the purpose of spiritual gifts? What's the purpose of spiritual gifts? Well, we are told that the, spirit, the purpose of spiritual gifts is for the common good. Why? Why do we need spiritual gifts? Why do we need spiritual gifts? Well, have you seen anyone at a construction site doing the same thing? Everyone at the site doing the same thing. Are they going to build a building? No, they can't, can they? Each person has a role to play. We cannot do everything on our own. If you're trying to do, say, build a house or build a church all by yourself, what are you gonna, what's going to happen to you? You're going to give pastoral care, you're going to preach, you're going to teach, you're going to make sure that the finances are okay, you need to make sure that you're abiding by the laws. There are too many things that can affect you and it causes you to potentially burn out, isn't it? That's why the spiritual gifts are given to us to support one another for the common good. We have to work together to support one another so that we can, as church, function as a body in Christ. We are all part of one spirit and we all have different roles to play. There's unity and diversity in the body of Christ. One body with many members. As you know, with a human, with a human body, we've got the head, we've got the arms, we've got the legs, we've got the eyes, the nose, the ears, and the mouth. Each of our body parts has a function to play in our body. We cannot say with our mouth that we don't need the ears because we cannot hear when it's dinner time. Okay? We cannot use our eyes to see. We cannot say our eyes, we don't want you because we can't enjoy the beauty of the world around us. We cannot say to, our, to ourselves that the noise is not important. It's just a sticking thing out, the sticking out of your face. It's not important. No, it is part of the whole sensory process. Every part of our body plays a role in the body of Christ. 
The scripture tells us, for the body does not consist of one member, but many. If the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I didn't, do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I do not belong to the body, then what, that would not make it any less part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would be the sense of smell? But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them, as He chose. If all were a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, yet one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you. Nor again, the head to the feet, I have no need of you. On the contrary, the parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And on those parts of the body that we think less honorable, we bestow the greater honor. And our unpresentable parts are treated with greater modesty, which our more presentable parts do not require. But God has so composed the body, giving greater honor to the part that lacked it. And there may be no division in the body, but the members may have the same care for one another. Each part of our body plays an important role. Likewise, within our church, each member of the church plays an important role. You, my friends, in this congregation have a role to play in our church. The question is, what is that role? What is that role? We don't come to church on a Sunday just to hear the preacher take, speak and that's it. That's not what the body of Christ is about, is it? The body of Christ teaches us to love one another, to encourage one another, to build each other up, to train each other in righteousness, and also to go out and make disciples of all nations. We cannot do that by ourselves. We cannot do that by just the pastor or, or the preacher or anything like that. Everyone, every one of us has a role to play. Likewise, as the body of Christ, where one member of the body suffers together, all suffer together. If one member is honored, all are rejoiced together. Now just think about the body of Christ internationally or globally. What happens when there's a scandal in the church? What happens? It costs so much destruction, isn't it? It costs so much hurt and suffering. You know, it's so important. But what happens if someone does good as well and is honored? The whole body of Christ is honored. It is very important that we all play the role that we play because if we do not do that, it will cause us to cause a stumbling block for those of us, for those of them who have not come to know Jesus. Friends, now you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. You may think that you're insignificant or what role can I play in the bigger scheme of the church or, or Christianity as a whole? What can I do? I'm so insignificant, I'm just by myself. But friends, the gospel, is, the Bible is very clear. Even the most unpresentable part or the most the part that thinks you are the least of the body, the least of the functions, is the one that is honored. You, my friends, each one of you are honored 
Each one of you are precious. Each one of you play an important role in that body. Because through that role that you play, you honor the body of Christ. Now, are spiritual gifts the same as talents? Well, the short answer is no. They're not the same. Okay? Because talents are to glorify self. You know, every person that has a talent that wants to, to, to elevate their talent or to show off their talent is to bring glory to themselves, isn't it? Think about a sportsman. They may be good at soccer. But what's the purpose of being good at soccer? Is it to support the team? No. It's to make themselves stand out. To make a living out of it, isn't it? Think about the swimmers, the sports, the cricketers, your AFLs. All these people. They may be talented in footy, in soccer and whatnot. Or in computer or in art. But the purpose of it is not to glorify others or to help others, is it? It's to glorify yourself. Spiritual gifts, on the other hand, are to serve others and to serve God. Spiritual gifts are given to us so that we bring glory to God as a whole. Not to yourself, not to identify you as being the one that's particular spiritual gift, but we, as the one with this gift, work together as part of the member of the body of Christ to bring glory to God. The talents can be acquired. You know, you can study your craft. You know, you can study workmanship. You can study sports. You know, you can, you can train yourself day and night to swim or, or to kick the footy or to kick the soccer ball or basketball or whatever. You can train yourself and you can become very talented at that. It is also a part of your natural inclination. Maybe you, you love certain sports and that's why you do really well in it. That's your talent. And you can gain one by pushing yourself to learn and to experience. But you can't do that, my friends, with spiritual gifts. It cannot be earned. They are given. The scripture tells us that the Spirit distributes and apportions those gifts to each member of our body in accordance with His will. Now, the other thing is talents do not complement. They are often competing. So you're always competing with someone else which is more talented than you. Or you want to show off that you're better, more talented than someone. It's always about self. It's about showing what you have. Whereas spiritual gifts are complements to others and are others-centered. Spiritual gifts are given to you not so that I can show off, oh, I'm great at footy, or I'm great at soccer, or I'm great at swimming. No. Spiritual gifts are given to us so that we can serve the Lord in others' capacity, to bless others, to love others, to bring others to the Lord. Now, do I have a spiritual gift? Yes. Yes, we all do, actually. All of us who believe in the Lord and believe in God and have the spirit, we do have spiritual gifts. Okay? Each gift is different from another. We may not know what that gift is because we, never, we probably never did 
this little exercise um, in the booklet that we did. But I hope that with our, after today, you take this book back with you and then have a bit of a go at questions and answer them truthfully and honestly and try to identify what that gift might be. It may not be a gift that's listed in the book, but it's certainly something that I'm sure the Spirit will show you as you reflect upon those questions on the Scripture. Its purpose is to help us find our place in God's kingdom. Our spiritual gifts are there to help us to find what role we are placed to do. For example, uh, you know, when I was a kid, I, I, I used to um, ask God, you know, what's my spiritual gifts? And one of the gifts that they, they shared, that I prayed about and God inspired me to discover was creative arts. So I was into the, playing the music, and I was, I, I love singing. So God obviously gave me, showed me that my spiritual gifts then was singing and playing the guitar. And therefore, he encouraged me to go serve in the worship ministry. So we all have a purpose to play in God's kingdom. We all have a role to play in God's kingdom. The question is, what is that role? And I hope that this little exercise that we're going to do which hopefully try to help us to do that. Now we're going to quickly look into this booklet now, and you'll see a list of spiritual gifts. Um, and we're not going to go through every single one of them. We're just going to pick a few and talk about them generally. So the first of those that you can see within the book uh, is administration. Now I know I do not have the gift of administration. <laughs> you can ask Catherine that. <laughs> I'm hopeless with paperwork and I'm hopeless in keeping our, our bills paid and, and, and all the other stuff that is administrative. And Catherine's really good at that, by the way. She, she's, she's staring me blankly. <laughs> but she does a fantastic job at making sure all the paperwork are done, you know, what needs to be done to get the, the, the uh, various um, applications for a loan or, or to make sure that the uh, the kids' uh, school fees are paid and stuff like that. So administration is a gift as well. And there's definitely a need within the church for administration. You know, think about the church paper, the bulletin that you receive. That doesn't just magically appear. Somebody has to go down and do it. And somebody has joy doing that as well. The next one is apostleship. Apostleship is like uh, missionary, mission work and stuff like that as well. You're inspired, inspired to go to a different culture, to cross cultural barriers, to be church planters, to tell the gospel to people who have never heard the gospel. And you are out there, you know, stretching yourself, putting yourself out there to be the shining light as the apostles did, like the apostle Paul, John, and so on and so forth. Maybe you're good at your hands. That is also a gift, you know. Your craftsmanship can help. You know, to help with the church. For example, you're good at your hands, you can do things like, you know, build sheds or, 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 or you know, uh, fix certain things in the, in, in, the, in the church if there's something that needs to be fixed. That's certainly a gift too. Creative communication, that was the one I mentioned before. That was one of my gifts in my early childhood that, that inspired me to join the worship team and to learn how to serve in the youth, youth team. Discernment. Discernment is a bit tricky 
because discernment is talking about discerning between spirits, between the right and wrong, between the evil spirits and the good spirits. Sometimes it is hard to tell uh, if you really have the gift of discernment, but if you do, it's very evident and you will know that. Encouragement. Well, that's also another gift. You think that encouraging others is easy. I'm telling you, it's not. Because often you find that encouragement, you need a lot of encouragement to people and it's not something that you really give. But there are some people who are really good at that. And they go out there and they encourage one another. Hey, you know, you stay firm in the Lord. Don't get distracted. Or, you know, oh, don't worry. You'll be fine. God will help you to get through these sort of things. Evangelism. Now, that's one that we, although we're all called to do evangelism, some are better than others at doing that. They're good at sharing the gospel. They're good at talking and giving them an idea of the gospel by challenging the precepts that some people might have. I know I saw, I don't know about you, but I saw videos on Facebook and, and on various medias where you know, some people go out there and then just interview um, you know, random people you know, about uh, just talking about spirituality and stuff like that. They ask them, you know, creation, you know, think about this creation and stuff. And say, you know, what do you think God, do you think there's a God and so on and so forth? And then he helps the person question their preconceived ideas about God. You know, a lot of them say, oh, I don't believe in God. I don't believe in that he created the world. There's no design, you know, all from the Big Bang and stuff like that. And then and he challenges those ideas. And that person is able to bring the message about the gospel across to them. To say that, hey, maybe there is a God that caused these things to happen and caused you to be created. There's also faith. There's self-evident. Giving. Some people are more generous than others. Healing is obviously a gift. If Let's just say, you know, you can pray for people and people get healed. That's certainly a gift too. Helps. It's also a very common gift. And that's one of the gifts of helping and serving the church, you know, generally in the background. You know, not everybody's service needs to be in the foreground. Sometimes people do things in the background to get things to work. For example, organizing speakers, you know, planning rosters and stuff like that. Hospitality is self-evident. Intercession is certainly a gift we're mentioning. Because intercession is about prayer. You heard of prayer, the term prayer warriors? These are the people who have a fervent passion for prayer. And they know that their prayers work. And they have a passion to make sure that they pray really hard for all the friends and for the world as well. Interpretation um, is more towards the interpretation of tongues, uh, which we'll talk about in a further down the list. Tongues are basically two things. There's um, language, which is like a, you know, a different language to you. And you see that in the scripture as well, where during the, um, during the ascension and then the Holy Spirit came upon the disciples who were speaking in various tongues. Tongues, languages that they've never learned. And they were able to speak it very fluently and to help others to come to know Christ through that. And there's also what we call spiritual tongues, which is um, a language that is not understandable, but someone can interpret that. So knowledge, leadership, mercy, miracles, prophecy, shepherding and discipleship, these are some of the gifts 
they're also available to members. Shepherding and discipleship, obviously, is for people like, you know, cell group leaders, or if you think that you can help uh, disciple someone, to help them come to know Jesus, or to help them grow, uh, and you have a passion for that person, that is shepherding for you. And we talked about tongues earlier. And then last, of all, last but not least, and I think one of the most important ones is wisdom. You know, to be able to understand Scripture, to read Scripture, understand Scripture, and to be able to explain Scripture to someone else. I know it sounds like there's a lot of things there for you to read, uh, but I encourage all of us to go back to our homes in our own quiet time. Have a, do the questionnaire. Um, in the in the uh, in the booklet at the back, you can see there. All right, just answer those questions, and at the back, what you find is that there is a there's a table here. Oops, sorry. Can you see a table here? So that's where you put your answers, and then at the bottom is where you score. As you you, you total up the score, the one with the highest number. Is usually what we call the one that is a predominant spiritual gift. Okay, and then the other ones, and then uh, if you have the next number down, is obviously something that you are good at as well, or something that God has blessed you with as well, but probably not as prominent. Okay, so there may be more than one. Don't be, don't be shy if there are more than one gifts, because God does give us uh, different spiritual gifts. Now, the common question and misconception about spiritual gifts is, what if I do not have a spiritual gift? Well, ask the Lord for one. And I'm sure the Lord has already given you. You just probably do not know what it is. So I encourage you to do that little exercise and you probably find out what that gift might be. The other thing is, can we possess more than one spiritual gift? As I said to you mentioned before, absolutely you can. Because God is giving you those gifts for the common good of His church. Do spiritual gifts change? Well, I think I mentioned to this to Mario before. It does. Surprisingly, it does. You, know, when you, when, you may have done this exercise before in the past, but doing it again, you might actually be surprised at the, the spiritual gift that is now prominent in your life. That's because, as I said to you before, these gifts are not earned. They're not learned. They are portioned by the Holy Spirit. And as a church needs rises, those gifts start to become more prominent and the Spirit gives you those gifts because they know, He knows, or the Spirit knows that you're going to use it for the common good. Can spiritual gifts be taken away? Mm. Very interesting question, isn't it? Well, as you know, in the, have you heard of the story of the talents? The parable of the talents? Well, God gave some people 50 talents, 100 talents, and so on and so forth. You know, some bury it, but others use it. Those who bury it and never use it ended up having their talents taken away, isn't it? Whereas the one that used it, God grew it and multiplied it. So friends, spiritual gifts can be taken away if you don't use them. Because you're obviously not using it for the common good. Now are there higher order spiritual gifts? Gifts that we should be desiring or, or gifts that we should yearn for? Although it's not in the list within here, we know we now turn to chapter 13 and we're going to read what it says about that. 
If you turn with me to chapter 13. I'm going to read from verse 1. It says, If I speak in tongues of men and of angels, but have not loved, I am a noisy gong or a clashing, clanging cymbal. If I have a prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, if I have all faith so as to remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. If I give away all I have, and if I deliver up my body to be burned, but have not love, I gain nothing. Love is patient, love is kind, does not envy or boast, it is not arrogant or rude, it does not insist on its way, own way, it is not irritable or resentful, it does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. As for prophecies, they will pass away. As for tongues, they will cease. As for knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part and we prophesy in part. But when the perfect comes, the partial will pass away. When I was a child, I spoke like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I gave up my childish ways. For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part that I shall know fully, even as I have been fully known. So now hope, faith, hope, and love abide. This tree, but the greatest of this is love. The scripture tells us that the gift of love is the greatest gift, spiritual gift that we can desire for. And it's one that we all as disciples of Christ should possess. Because the scripture is very clear. It says that for all nations to know that I'm your for all nations to know that you are Lord, that if we love one another, you know, it teaches us that when we love one another, that all nations will know that you are God. So it's important for us to love one another. And that's one thing that one of the spiritual gifts we should all yearn for and to all we all should develop and our spirit give us. Love not just for ourselves or our families, but love for others, the stranger on the street, your neighbor, your colleague, your workplace. Help them to love. Love as Christ loved them, that they too may know who God is, who Jesus is, and what Jesus has done in their lives. So now what? Well, God wants you to do something about I hope that we all will go back and do this little exercise. I know it's a bit of homework for you, but I hope that you all will go back and find out that spiritual gift and come back to us next week and share it with us. Lou will go on to talk about how we can use some of those spiritual gifts in the next message. So I hope that we'll be excited to find out what's that spiritual gift that God has blessed you with. And I pray that all of us, all of us, we we'll do it for the common good of the church. Because like I said, each one of us is important. Each one of us has a role to play. No matter how insignificant you might think you are, you have an important role to play in this church. And in your church community, and as a whole, as Christianity across the world. So let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for who you are and what you've done in our lives. We thank you for 
the Holy Spirit that you've given to each one of us. We pray, dear Lord, that you help us to embrace this gift, the spiritual gifts that you've given us. And we pray, dear Lord, that you will use it for your common good. Often, Lord, we think to ourselves, what's, what's the point? What, 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 what can I offer? But we forget, Lord Father, the least of us are just as important as the rest of the body. We don't get to say that we don't need that part of the body. We don't get to say that we don't need ourselves as part of that body. Because as you said in Scripture, even one part suffers, the whole body suffers. And one part is glorified, the whole body is glorified. We pray, dear Lord, that we capture that vision and that passion for your service. And we pray, dear Lord, that you help us, dear Lord, to serve you in whatever gifts, with whatever gifts that you've apportioned us and you've distributed to us. We thank you, God. In Jesus' precious holy name we pray. Amen.